What's good, everyone, and welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name's Griffin Swanson, and today I'm going to be breaking down the Monday night football game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Giants. I got a couple of prize picks here that I like for this game, and then we're going to dive into my spreadsheet, breaking down that DraftKings showdown slate. But before we do that, if you could like this video here and subscribe to the channel, I would greatly appreciate that. The Mayo Media Network has all sorts of content coming out at this time of year. Football, hockey, MMA, soccer, golf, you name it, they probably got it. So don't miss out on any of that. For you podcast people, you can always head over to the Apple Pods or Spotify, find the content there as well, and leave a five-star review while you're at it. But with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into these picks and plays here for this Monday night game. All right, everyone. So we're going to start with a couple of prize picks here that I like for this Monday night game. For those of you who have not signed up for prize picks yet and you want to do so, we got a promo code for you to use, and that's going to be MMN, stands for Mayo Media Network, and that's going to get you up to a $100 match deposit when you sign up for prize picks. So you put 100 bucks in, they'll match that right away. You want to put in 50, they'll match 50. You want to put in 20, they'll match 20. As long as you're using the promo code, though, you'll get up to a $100 match deposit. So take advantage of that. Now, I got two picks that I like here for this Monday night game. And you can see there's a number of different props that we can choose from. Both of mine that I like here for this game fall under the rushing yard prop. So we're going to scroll down here to the bottom. And the first one that I got is Daniel Jones taking the over at 20 and a half rushing yards. This guy's hit the over at this number in five of seven games this year. One game where he didn't hit the over, he actually got knocked out against the Dallas Cowboys and had a concussion. Didn't even play the full game. And then the following game, he played the Rams, where he was probably still nursing some of those injuries, including the concussion. And he didn't hit the over there either, but came back last week, got back to his normal ways, and hit the over with 28 rushing yards. Now I'm looking at two projection sites here as well and both of them have him at 27 rushing yards for this game so again I'm going to take the over there at 20 and a half and then the other pick that I like is going to be on the Chiefs side and it's actually right below Daniel Jones there we're going to take D Williams over 54 and a half rushing yards he's clearly established himself as the number one running back for this Chiefs offense with Clyde Edwards Alaire out over the past few weeks and he's playing a bad Giants defense here who's allowing 125 rushing yards per game to their opponents the eighth most in the NFL and I'm looking at two different projection sites here as well and both of them have them at 73 and 75 rushing yards clearly above this number here at 54 and a half and like I said just a bad Giants defense in general it's a much better play if the Chiefs do play with a lead and I suspect that they will in this Monday night game so to recap here I like both D Jones and D Williams over their rushing prop numbers here and again we can approach this two different ways the flex play or the power play if you go the power play route you'll need all of your picks to hit but it does increase the payout and again for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks just make sure you use that promo code mmn mayo media network for up to a 100 match deposit all right so diving into the spreadsheet here breaking down this DraftKings showdown slate gonna kick it off here in the top left hand corner like we always do with those vegas odds you can see the chiefs are heavy home favorites here sitting with a money line of minus 475 they're also 10 point favorites as well and then we got to over under there a 52 and a half definitely looks like there's some shootout potential in this game neither defense has been very good this year so that makes sense and then I always got these showdown stats here from 2020 as well but let's pop on over to this other spreadsheet so you can see these a little more clearly and this is in regards to the top one percent of showdown lineups 
from last year. So I'm going to go through these pretty quickly here, but take a screenshot, do whatever you want with these. There's six different stats that I want to go over. Number one here, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback last year. And of the top 1% of lineups, 96% had a quarterback rostered as well. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. And of the top 1% of lineups, 31.5% had a wide receiver at captain as well. Number three, 57% of the top 1% lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win so in this showdown example here the Kansas City Chiefs number four run it back an opposing quarterback wide receiver or tight end was included in 88.9 percent of winning lineups that rostered a quarterback wide receiver or a tight end from the other team at captain number five ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot very rarely does that work only 1.1 percent of the time last year in the top one percent of lineups and number six do not play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup usually one is fine with all that said now we're going to dive into my favorite plays here for this showdown slate and for those of you who are new to this video what I do is I list out a captain from both sides of the game I've done it all season long and I'll continue to do that going forward first guy I got there then is Tyreek Hill on the Chiefs side of things now yeah you could put in Mahomes here Travis Kelsey even get a little more contrarian with someone like D Williams or McCole Hardman but I like Tyreek Hill here he's going to be the most explosive player here on this showdown slate. He's the guy that can really break a slate, and we've seen that a couple of times already this year, where he put up 40 and 50 DraftKings points. That's the upside that this guy has. He can score from anywhere on the field. He has the ability to score 50, 60, even 70-yard touchdown. We've seen it a number of times throughout the course of his career, and on top of being the most explosive player, the opportunity that this guy is getting is just incredible too. Leads the team in air yards and targets. You can see the percentages there. He's getting a 26% target share on one of the most explosive offenses in the league. And per PFF, Pro Football Focus, he's got the best matchup in this Monday night game as well. He's going to face off against slot cornerback for the Giants, Darnay Holmes, quite a bit in this game. And PFF is giving Tyreek here a 98.2 matchup advantage, clearly the best in this Monday night game. And then on the Giants side here, I like Kadarius Tony. Now we do have to keep an eye on this one here. DraftKings was late in getting the pricing out to begin with, and I think it was largely due to the questionable tags that we have on some of these wide receivers for the Giants. Both Tony and Shepard are questionable heading into this game. But assuming that Tony does play, I like him in the captain spot on the Giants side. He's been incredibly explosive as a rookie this year as well. He's really only had two full starts this season, but he saw a combined 22 targets in each of those games, and we saw him put up 32.6 DraftKings points against the Dallas Cowboys back in week five. So the ceiling is incredible already for this guy. If you actually watch him play, the way that he can start and stop on a dime is absolutely incredible. And like I said, the explosiveness is there as well. Assuming he's ready to roll here in this game, he should be able to run all over this Chiefs defense. Now hopping on down here to my flex plays, the first guy I got there is Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, you could put him in the captain spot if you wanted to. And I am expecting a bounce back here from Mahomes after having his worst performance of the season last week against the Tennessee Titans, where he only had nine DraftKings points. That is a huge outlier for this guy. He's hit 25 plus DraftKings points 
points so far this year in five of seven games. And the other game where he didn't get there, he had 22 DraftKings points. So this guy, we all know he's incredible, right? Could go for 300 passing yards, could score three-plus touchdowns in this game. And I always think back to this first stat from last year, where of the top 1% of lineups, 96% had a quarterback rostered. I'm assuming we're going to need one of Patrick Mahomes or Daniel Jones in this showdown game here and maybe even both. And then I got Travis Kelsey there on the Chiefs side as well. By all means, could be used in the captain spot. Just incredible volume for this guy here. Again, on one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. He's right behind Tyreek Hill when it comes to opportunity. He's second on the team in both air yards and targets. He's seen double-digit targets here in three straight games. And this guy's hit 17-plus DraftKings points in five of seven games as well. Averaging around 18 DraftKings points per game, but still has a ceiling of 25 to 30 DraftKings points. You know, this is one of those games where I think the Chiefs just have to get right against this bad Giants defense, and Travis Kelsey could be a huge part of that. And then, of course, I've got Daniel Jones listed there as well. Just name-dropped him when I was talking about Patrick Mahomes. This could arguably be the best matchup of the year that Daniel Jones sees, and that's kind of odd saying this against the Kansas City Chiefs, but that defense has been no good for them all year long. They're allowing 26.6 DraftKings points per game, two opposing quarterbacks so far this year, the second most in the NFL. And when Daniel Jones is using his rushing upside, which I suspect he'll need to use that in this game, he's got an incredible ceiling as well. We've seen him score above 29 DraftKings points in two games this year. And even though he can be a little bit hit or miss when it comes to racking up fantasy points, I do love the matchup here against this Chiefs defense. And I like the game script as well. I do believe the Giants will be playing from behind where Jones has to throw the ball a lot and use his legs and rushing upside to try and keep this game close. Now, I mentioned this earlier when we were talking about the prize picks that D. Williams here has really taken over as the number one running back for this Chiefs offense with Clyde Edwards-Alaire out on the IR, playing more than 71% of the offensive snaps in each of the past two games, and this is a much better play here if the Chiefs are playing with a lead. He's started two games so far, and we've really kind of seen both sides of this for Williams two games ago against the Washington football team. Chiefs were playing with a lead in that game, and he had 21 rushing attempts and had four targets in that game, finishing with 24 DraftKings points. However, the game right after that against the Tennessee Titans last week, Chiefs were playing from behind all game, and Williams only had five rushing attempts, and he was still involved in the passing game, had four targets there, but only finished with eight DraftKings points. So like I said, a much better play here if the Chiefs are playing with a lead, but either way, Williams is logging a lot of snaps with Clyde Edwards-Alaire out on the IR. Now, oddly enough, same situation here with Devontae Booker. He's basically replacing Saquon Barkley while he's out injured right now. And we've seen him play a majority of the snaps here in three straight games. He's averaging about 14 rushing attempts per game and three and a half targets per game with Saquon out. I think he's a solid play either way. You know, whether they're playing from behind or playing with a lead, Booker is going to be involved. He saw four, four, and three targets in those three games that Saquon has been out, finishing with 20.8, 10.9, and 14.6 DraftKings points. Like I said, this Chiefs defense is just no good in general, and maybe you could even put him in the captain spot. I, I wouldn't mind that. I don't have that in the notes, but I'm going to go ahead and add that here right now as well. We then got Sterling Shepard there, and unfortunately, it's the same situation with Shepard as it is for Kadarius Toney. They're both listed as questionable heading into Monday night, and we don't actually know if they're going to play as of Sunday. So we'll need to keep an eye on that. I'm sure it's going to be a 
game time decision. We'll know about 90 minutes before kickoff, but assuming that he does play, he'll act as wide receiver number one slash wide receiver two. It'll be between him and Kadarius Tony, so you could put him in the captain spot as well. He's really played three healthy full games this year, and in each of those games, he scored 17 plus DraftKings points with an upside of 27 DraftKings points that he had back in week one. And in each of those three healthy games that he's played, he saw nine, 10, and 14 targets. So it's a great matchup. The volume is there. The upside is there with this guide and a pretty damn good price tag at $7,000. Again, we just need to make sure that he's actually playing in this Monday night game. Now, one guy who will benefit here from Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony missing this game is going to be Darius Slayton. If both of those guys are out, he'll be the number one wide receiver in this offense. If both of those guys do play, he'll still be wide receiver number three in this offense and still a decent play at this price tag of $6,400. He's only played three healthy games this year as well. It's just been a wreck for the wide receivers for the Giants battling injuries, but he's ready to roll here for this Monday night game. He did play last week, and he's averaging about 7.3 targets per game, 60 receiving yards, and has one touchdown on the season as well. Not bad for a guy who's only played three healthy games so far this year, and a Again, not a bad price tag here either at $6,400. I then got McCall Harmon listed here for the Chiefs. And I just think he's too cheap at $4,800. By all means, a guy who can meet 3x value at this price tag. He's third on the team in both air yards and targets this year, which that's going to happen when you have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on your team. So not bad at all. A guy who's still playing about 65% of the offensive snaps as well. So the opportunity is there. And he's really got that deep threat ability too. Not as much as Tyreek Hill, but his speed is definitely there. It's not crazy to think that he could score a long touchdown in this game and really meet value with just a few catches. And then we're going to wrap it up there with John Ross of the New York Giants. And look, this is a much better play here if Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard do not play in this game. He's only playing about 50% of the offensive snaps to begin with. And if those guys are back, that's going to come down. But he's got that deep threat ability at the wide receiver position where he can legit score from anywhere on the field. We saw his upside back in week four, and he only had three catches in that game for 77 receiving yards. One of those catches was from 52 yards out, but he finished the game with 16.7 DraftKings points. So not bad at all for a guy priced here at $1,200, but like I said, a much better play if Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard are out in this game. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up the video here for today. As always, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch these videos. If you could like this video here and subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. I would greatly appreciate that. Don't forget, they got all sorts of content coming out at this time of year. And for those of you who want to sign up for prize picks, make sure you use that promo code as well. MMN stands for Mayo Media Network. That's going to get you up to a $100 match deposit when you sign up. But let's enjoy the weekend here, folks. Let's enjoy this Monday night game. Win a little money as well. I'm out of here. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy LQ, Mr. Real Deal Fantasy HQ, and this is the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys hit that link in the bio, download prizepicks.com, sign up using promo code MMN, and you guys will be set up for success. They are matching up to 100 bucks. That is free money. It's not too late. Do it right now. Promo code MMN. Got a great show for you guys. Happy Halloween. Got some studs. I got some duds, and of course, the injury report. But I want to play around with some bold predictions. I want to play around with some guys that should be on the move or possibly be on the move for the trade deadline, which is November 2nd. 
Tuesday. So some guys might be on the move today while you're watching this video. And I'm definitely going to victory lap it if, you know, one, one or two of these happen. So let's get right into it. So it is Halloween. So let's start with the dessert. Let's start with the candy, the things that rot in your teeth, the stud muffins, man. Woo! Mike White, the backup quarterback for the Jets behind Zach Wilson. Mike White stepped up today and made history. Joining that group with Cam Newton the, since 1950, you know, first NFL star being involved in that group to throw over 400 yards. That is a great achievement for Mike White that gives him confidence going into next week. And Robert Sala already said he's got the starting job, so it's a full send from there. I think if he plays how he played today, because I think we all got it wrong with the Bengals, I think – we all kind of thought, you know, this was going to be like a straight blowout game. The Bengals were going to be the number one defense to stream, number one defense of the week. But, yeah, that backfired very, very quickly. So, I definitely feel as though Mike White had some great decision-making, man. And he definitely pulled up today with three touchdowns, two interceptions. But I do not blame him for that. The ball hit the pass catcher in the hand and then deflected up. And, of course, the defense got it. I don't think that's Mike White's, you know, shit sandwich to eat basically because it's like he didn't do it it wasn't his fault he made great decision making today making plays they did the philly special and he scored a touchdown that it's, it's amazing man so mike white man he gets stub muffin stamp i definitely liked everything he did today 405 yards three touchdowns two interceptions but i think he has some confidence on this thursday night game so we should see a little qb competition i don't think zach wilson gets full sent back into the starting lineup so be on the lookout for that so next up, same team, same team. Michael Carter has been heating up these last two weeks, and I haven't been more excited about him. 14 targets, nine catches, man. That is something that we cannot ignore. That's a stat line where you're getting a guy that's a solid pass catcher for a rookie quarterback, you know, for Zach Wilson or Mike White, whoever it is. They need that security blanket. And with Corey Davidson active this game, I definitely feel as though that's why he got the boost up. But either way, the last two weeks, man, 23 targets, Man, you cannot ignore that. That's more targets than Davis, obviously, if he didn't play. That's more targets than Jameson Crowder. So he's been leading for the last two weeks in those targets department. So I definitely feel as though Michael Carter moving forward, we need to start taking him serious. He gets that stub muffin stamp today because, man, 30 fantasy points. I love to see it. I love that he was able to get those targets. I'm loving how involved he is. Even with Ty Johnson still there, Tevin Coleman, et cetera, et cetera. Moving forward, Michael Carter just clearly looks like the better back in that offense. So I don't see why... They keep doing this timeshare, you know, splitting up the backfield. Just full send it with Michael Carter, please. Please and thank you. Next up, Michael freaking Pittman. Oh, my God. 15 targets, 10 catches. Man, he turned up today with two touchdowns, 86 yards. Him and Carson Wentz have been cooking lately. I definitely love the volume there. It looks like he's obviously the alpha there. You know, T.Y. Hilton, unfortunately, he's on the back end of his career now. He may be finished. He suffered an injury that same game, but we'll touch on him in the injury report. But Michael freaking Pittman, I keep saying it like that because he's making plays downfield. He's making plays where the contested catcher, he's basically killing these guys on the outside of perimeter, and he's doing these things. And it's like, man, we've been seeing these flashes last season, but now – we're seeing it on a week-to-week -week basis, and I love how he's getting all the volume. He is the guy. There's no other guy out there that's making big plays out there like Pittman. No guys that are getting the same amount of target share as him. So moving forward, I really love how you know Carson Wentz and him are building this chemistry. So it, for the future, the arrow's only pointing up. So he gets a stud muffin stamp today, obviously, for his great performance. And I cannot wait to see how he finished out the season because, man, the draft value we got on him, Man, complete steal. I got him on so many of my rosters. It's not even funny at this point. It's kind of like stealing. Like, man, to end up with Michael Pittman, Cooper Cup, and Deontay Johnson, 
Come on, man. That's like a solid team, man. That's a solid team. But moving on, we got to get to the duds, the shit sandwich. So the guys that didn't show up today, and I'm not going to mention Oda Beckham yet, but I feel as though, you know, I can't mention him every week. It would be beating a dead horse. You know he's a dud every single week. But I got some guys that we need to touch on real quick because, unfortunately, I got to talk about DeAndre Swift. So he didn't get a four-quarter garbage time, you know, touchdown to save his fantasy week like he – basically been doing for the last couple of weeks, but it's it was a complete blowout against the Eagles. And I feel as though with him still having that lingering groin injury, I don't think, you know, the Lions were trying to put him out there and just have him do too much, being that, you know, the, the game was over by the third quarter. So there's no real reason. So that's why we've seen the other two running backs get involved as well. But I think expectations of Jamal Williams not being active we kind of felt as though going into this week that we can lean on Swift to be the RB1. Everybody's saying he's going to put up 100 points, 50 points, like realistically. But, hey, that did not happen. They got blown out. The game was out of control by the third quarter. So, therefore, you know, he kind of got pulled. It, it, really no point, like I said. No point of trying to risk him to be injured with Jamal Williams already injured as well. So, you know, just let the other guys, the young guys, get some reps and uh, just move on. You know what I mean? So I definitely feel as though he gets the dud, obviously, but it's not really his fault, you know, because it is what it is. But he goes on this list, man. Expectations were high and he did not, you know, perform. He did not uh, deliver. So it is what it is. But moving on to my next dud, Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, my God, the egg on my face <clears throat> had him like in four of my lineups and four of my leagues. And man, this was a, a complete shithole because it's like a turd right in the middle of your bed where you're like hyping this guy up all week and you're looking at him having a PPR upside and we're looking at how Gainwell and Sanders were used when they were both healthy and we're seeing Gainwell get like eight targets out of the backfield being fantasy relevant but man who's seen you know Jordan Howard come out of here out of nowhere to have like a, a solid RB1 outing with a Boston Scott what an even split between Boston Scott and Jordan Howard it was 117 yards four touchdowns and 24 total carries and this is what between the two we'd never seen Sanders or Gamewell used this way that's why it's so frustrating to put him on this duds list because it's like what you like do the eagles hate miles sanders like that's what i really think it is like it's something against miles sanders but in their defense to be fair they did announce earlier in the week that they were going to want like try to change some things up where they can run the ball more and i i think this was a perfect example of them running the ball more you know with howard and scott splitting 24 carries like what in the hell but hey it is what it is fantasy football you know these things are unpredictable. I really feel as though a lot of people, a lot of managers threw Gainwell in the starting lineup because if you are facing Detroit, you start your running backs. They put they blow up. They put up points. So that's what we expected, and that's what we got, but just not with Gainwell. So that sucks. So moral of the story, don't trust Eagles running backs. Yeah, I think I learned my lesson here. So moving forward, I'm going to have to – Kind of just uh, playing game well in this little uh, 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 when I got a bye week because he's not going to be a full send, man. We got to we got to look at this new uh, new offense that they're running. No pun intended. But moving on to my next dud. And um, I really didn't want to put him on here based on everything that's going on, you know, in Atlanta around him. So Kyle Pitts, I got him on does list. Um, he didn't have a great game and I feel as though it might have had something to deal with Calvin Ridley announcing he's taking a step back from football. You know, it's more so leaning towards it might be a mental health thing. You know, he was out 
you know, two out of three weeks with personal issues. And I feel as though this is the best decision. Like I support him a hundred percent, like screw fantasy, you know, screw football, you know, NFL, whatever. I feel as though you need to put your mental health first over everything. So I definitely, um, support Calvin Ridley taking a step back and just focusing on himself. That's what's more important. But Kyle Pitts, man, he had a few drops. He had uh, three catches, nine targets, 13 yards. Uh, Very, very depressing offense looking. They just looked out of of sync. So I feel as though they knew before the game that, you know, he was taking a step back, stepping back from football for a while and, um, you know, to work on himself. So that definitely affected just this entire offense, you know, in a division game, you know, high stakes are there. So I feel as though, you know, the whole team just ended up on the dud list. But if, most importantly, man, if we want to keep a fantasy, Kyle Pitts, he he did not perform well today. Like I said, just a lot of mental errors and a couple of drops and stuff like that on big plays. Like he just looked terrible. And so did Matt Ryan. So um, not completely put all the blame on Pitts on the Falcons in general, but, you know, Unfortunately, Kyle Pitts is a dud this week. So let's get to the veggies. Let's get to the injury report. Ugh, nasty, nasty stuff. So first of all, hate to see Jameis Winston go out on a car. That is my least favorite thing to see guys go out on the car. But, man, I was rooting for Jameis Winston this entire offseason, man. I just wanted him to get a fair shake. I just wanted him to get a shot, you know what I mean? And he was playing really good football, protecting the football, not making stupid decisions, not being too aggressive going downfield to where those interceptions come. So it's very unfortunate to see him get carted off with a knee injury. Not too sure of the time frame based on what I'm recording right now. But, uh, yeah, it's very unfortunate to see him go out. Uh, James Robinson went out early. He was questionable to return to the game. He did not return with an ankle injury. Uh, Sam Darnold looked like he took a very nasty hit to where he got a concussion, man. Looked like he was in a car wreck. That's that was ugh, that was a bad hit, man. And um, you know, hopefully he's good. That was just a terrible, terrible hit. But uh Grunk was out of the game. He did not return back with back spasms against the Saints. Uh Kyler Murray early in the week, man. I think there's an ankle injury that we need to monitor for the next couple of weeks. Um, there was some swelling, you know. They said if it goes down, it should be fine or whatever. But I really think we need to just keep a close eye on Kyler Murray and his ankle just to see, you know the updates on it and see if he's playing a little limp, if he's playing, you know, half-assed or if he's good to go, you know, full send. So hopefully we can keep an eye on that as well. Um, Yeah. Thankfully that list wasn't long of the veggies, but let me get to the fun part. I want to get to the bold predictions for the trade deadline. So Tuesday is trade deadline, November 2nd. If you're watching this, it'll be tomorrow. If you're watching this tonight, it'll be Tuesday. It doesn't matter. But anyway, I want to touch on two guys that I feel as though, you know, we already are whispering they're on the trade block or we already know they're on the trade block. So let's start with Odell Beckham, man. I mean, it's not looking good in Cleveland, man. I mean, for him to have one target, one catch for majority of the game, and then his second target he had was a deep thrown ball where he barely even tried to put two hands up. He kind of put one hand up and just let it go down. And then it was like this weird stare at Baker, and it was like, Bro, use two hands. He probably would have caught it. But again, body language is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, you know, when the ball is not being thrown his way, is he half-assing on blocking and such and such. And especially when Baker, if he was to throw an interception, you know, is he going to try to chase the guy down for the ball? I don't know. Like we see Odell Beckham do a lot of diva stuff. We see him on the sideline getting all fired up and stuff like that. I love the passion in the players, but man, I really feel as though he's just an unhappy camper right now. And it's reflecting on his game. It's reflecting on that team. So for him not be involved, like I said before in previous episodes, 
Hail Mary plays or the big crunch time plays in the fourth quarter, you know, a minute and 30 left. They're down by one point. You know what I mean? They got to drive down the field for him not to be involved in these things. It's kind of like, Hey, I know the Browns aren't publicly saying they're going to trade him or he's on the trade block, but man, it'll be something to see him trade it Monday. And you're probably thinking where, so I touched on Calvin really, you know, him taking a step back. I feel as though if Odell Beckham ends up in Atlanta, if he becomes a Falcon Monday, if he becomes a Falcon before the trade deadline, I think that would be a really cool destination for him. I really feel as though, you know, he can get the Atlanta swag, you know, he gets that atmosphere. Like, you know, everybody loves Atlanta for whatever reason such, but I feel as though he will be a great addition because they kind of need wide receiver help. Like Russell Gage is there. Yeah, he's there. You know, Sharp is there or whatever the case may be. They do their things. They do their job. They do it okay. But I feel as though Oda Beckham will bring that game to another elevation. I think Matt Ryan will pick apart defenses with, you know, a returning Calvin Ridley, a Kyle Pitts. I mean, Oda Beckham, would just be the cherry on top because he's still a talented wide receiver. He's just a little injury prone or he's just not happy right now. So I feel as though, you know, with him not playing as much, you know, in this past game, it might be trying to like hold off. I don't want to get hurt before I get traded. I don't know what's going on, but I think it would be cool to see him as a Falcon. I definitely think that offense needs that spark. He needs that, that re like that refresh, that fresh breath for air, you know, on a new team where he could perform like, Odell Beckham's a talented wide receiver, but for fantasy, man, I've been screaming it. As long as he's a Cleveland Brown, I'm not drafting him, and neither should you. So next, let's go to my next bold prediction. Last bold prediction. I'm not going to go too crazy into anymore, but Devontae Parker, man, he's on the trade block. It was said that he was on the trade block on Friday afternoon. I feel as though if he ended up, let's just think about it real quick. Devontae Parker healthy. He's such a stud. Let's look at what he did last game. I definitely feel as though him on the trade block. It would be cool to see him as a chief, but mm, uh, I don't want to give the Chiefs any more, you know, help. I want I kind of like watching him struggle right now. How about we send him to the Saints that just beat the Bucs? I think the Saints need another wide receiver weapon because there's no real time frame of Michael Thomas returning back off of injury. So I feel as though there's more going on behind the scenes with Michael Thomas and Sean Payton, that organization, to where we might not even see Michael Thomas come back as a Saint. So I definitely think it would be cool to see him get traded as well. But Devontae Parker in New Orleans, I definitely think that could be a, a great addition for Jameis Winston when he comes back from injury. And hopefully he's not injured for the season or anything like that. But if he is to come back to a Devontae Parker and then he has a Marquise Callaway that shows some flashes here and there. Because to be honest, you know, Callaway isn't what we expected him to be. Like he's not like up there where we're holding him, where we're drafting him or whatever what we, you guys were drafting him. But I feel as though, you know, Callaway – just isn't that guy. Traquan Smith, he's he's just not that guy either. You're not that guy, Chief. You're not that guy. But I feel as though adding a Devontae Parker to that offense will be great, man. It gives them a spark. It gives them another weapon. And if Michael Thomas does come back, hey, cool beans. You know what I mean? It's, it's good for that offense. So I definitely feel as though they need all the help they can get at wide receiver. I think they have something to give up to get a Devontae Parker. But, hey, when he's healthy, man, he's a stud player. So definitely feels though the Saints – could be making a move for a wide receiver because they desperately need it, man. Alvin Kamara can't be out there doing everything. So 
yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode that is going to be wrapping up the episode ran a little long today but hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode make sure you like and subscribe leave a comment below on what you guys think about the episode and always always hit that link in the bio for prizepicks.com sign up today using promo code mmn you guys we set up for success to bring home the gold they're matching up to 100 bucks what are you waiting for man it's free money so i'll see you guys next week for another great episode peace